Welcome to Open World. I'm TK. And I'm Rose. Open World is a show about hopeful futures and how to bring them closer. Yeah, and on today's episode, we are going to head out into dreamland. Ooh, I love it. Let's take a nap. I love a nap. Let's do it. And now, I'll have you know, by T.H. Ponders, based on a short story by Charlie Jane Anders. start noticing the effects pretty much immediately. Your body will look and feel different. The hair growth and skin glow come the easiest, then fat redistribution, and finally the bone structure. The process usually takes about 48 hours, and as I mentioned before, mood swings and cramps are a normal part of the confirmation process. Those tend to go away after a week or so. Any other questions? Uh, No, I... <laughs> it's just I'm I'm sorry, it's just this is Oh yes. The voice also changes immediately. N- no, I don't think I don't think I have any other questions, Doctor. Excellent. Then there's only one thing left to ask you. I know what you're gonna say, and Dr. Weebo, I don't want any dream enhancements. I, I'm fine with my current sleep plan. Really. But you could be learning so much more. Sure, your sleep is keeping your body youthful, but at 100, you still have 30, 40, maybe even 50 years ahead of you. Think of the things you could learn, the things you could do with that time. Uh, Look, Doc, I mean, we have this conversation every time I'm here. I still learn the old-fashioned way, by making a series of increasingly disastrous choices. The line between enhanced dreaming and brainwash is too... just... not this time. Okay? Maybe next time. All right. They're still going to send you some literature. Look, I don't... uh, Sorry. Mood swings? Mood swings. Perfectly all right. I'm sorry I pushed it, but you know I'm required to bring it up. I'll check out the literature. I promise I'll think about it. Thank you. Anything else I can help you with today? No. No, I'm... I'm okay. All right, then. Drink plenty of water, get plenty of sleep, exercise, but take it easy as things move around for the next couple of days. Oh, and happy birthday, Elf. 
Thanks, Doc. I'll be back in a month for a checkup. The world is looking up. My mind feels like a nonstop happy dance. Today is the first day of my life as a woman. I finally found myself. And it only took 100 years to the day. My head is still swimming from the hormone fairy dust, which is not what it's actually called. But I always imagined it that way. The doctor would blow the fairy dust across my skin and I would wake up as a beautiful woman. Much more exciting than the lozenges or the body paint that turns from pink to blue, which is a little on the nose for my taste. Fairy dust is much more my speed. Speed, 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 speed. I'm speeding down the scrollway, my bi-scroll darting seamlessly in and out of the lanes of quadri-scroll traffic. I know that not everything had changed. It was still me, but everything had changed. When I bought the bi-scroll, I was a 75-year-old lying to myself and trying to clasp at some sense of masculinity after my disastrous six-year marriage with Lisa came to a merciful end. I know the scrolls all drive themselves, but there's still some exhilaration in the way a bi-scroll can dart between two quads, cutting through the traffic, opening the road before you. But now, now I wasn't some 100-year-old man trying to be that punk on the bi-scroll. I was some 100-year-old woman succeeding at being that badass on the bi-scroll. Scrolling is a whole different experience when the ad bots no longer read you as mask. I mean, look, I'm not read exactly. The, the doc had to update my records and the change pushed through the data sinks and the bots scraped faster than it took me to get on the scrollway. But a girl can dream. It's like walking into my dreams. The shops are advertising these wraps that morph from sundress to corset dress at sunset. Cartoon characters and knights in armor call me Mrs. or Lady Person as they pass on the scroll. Of course, there were still the various dreaded 100th birthday deals, but I like to focus on the ups. On the ups. the 103rd floor where, of course, waiting for me is... Back. You're back sooner than I expected. Tell me everything. <sighs> That's goaty. A while back, I invested in an experimental goat-based cryptocurrency. Goat cash? Maybe you heard of it. Back. Of course, when I put all my retirement savings in goat cash, I never expected to end up actually sharing my apartment with its evolved form. For the first few years, it was all peachy, accruing value faster than a flesh-and-blood goat could chew through a trash pile. But then, mm, just my luck, Goat Cash is now a sentient being who is my roommate. My seven-foot-tall, teal-furred, purple-bearded, Bermuda shorts, and crimson tie-wearing, sentient goat-based cryptocurrency roommate. They devour all of my food, make a mess everywhere, eat more trash than they take out, you know, typical roommate stuff. They just do all that while simultaneously taking terrifying dips in valuation. Not much to tell. Just a routine checkup. Oh, and I changed my gender at last. Feels good so far. Feels great so far. Whoa, you look great. You don't look a day over 90. Well, look at that. You've lost another 2% of your value. Don't know what to say. That's the game. 
Sometimes floating exchange rates just don't float quite the way you want them to. Hey, today of all days, I don't want to have to worry about you. <sighs> my doctor thinks I should get my dreams enhanced. Whoa, that's heavy. I've never dreamed. Unless you count my birth when I experienced delusions of liquidity. <laughs> but don't you want to make the most of your dreams? I've been watching you sleep, and I have to say, you're pretty uninspiring. You've been watching me sleep. What? You watch me sleep all the time. That's only because you sleep all the time. You should get a job. You know, whatever kind of jobs they give to failed cryptocurrencies. I'm a success on my own terms. Oh, good. Good for you. I'm exhausted. And I'm going to go to bed, and you aren't going to watch me. Comprende? The euphoria had pretty much all worn off. I crawled into bed, the gel slowly oozing over me. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like if we didn't have the gel, if our cells and neural pathways were allowed to decay you know, like they used to. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like to, to, mm, to. All right, come on in, team. You hear the crowd? You hear the roar? They're here for you. You, now listen up. Listen up. No, sit down. Sit down, but listen up. We got the big contest here. Gets the win. Bootum wom, 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 goms. Hate those guys. Ah, uh, we all do, and we're gonna. Al, Al, sit down. Sit down. Good. Okay, Chester. Let me at him, coach. I know, Al, but in a minute. Sit down, Al. Uh, Chester, I'll need the full gaga maneuvers on the port. Uh, Al, you're gonna go offense. Uh, Lester, take the starburns, all three of them. Uh, okay, Al, I want you to take the puck. The puck, remember the puck? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. You're going to take the puck all the way to the back, drive back, past the nets. Okay, past the badminton. You're going to drive it to the offense, but keep the defense. And then, it's nothing but hoops, Al. I got my eyes on you, girl. Boom shakalaka. I love it. But you know, Al, with enhanced streaming, you could be doing so much more with all this time. <sighs> Wait, coach. You're not the... Literature I was promised. No, no, Are no you? literature, no. But, you know, you could learn a new language, Al, or become a juggler, or, or learn how to do something you've always wanted to do, like crochet. Isn't it good enough that I'm amazing at sports ball and I'm going to put the, the, the puck in the net, coach? Come on. Good, Al, it's good, but, but, but you know, you, you could do so much more, Al. We're watching you. We want you to be like us. Like, I don't know. I just worry the line is a bit too thin between sleep learning and brainwashing. In indoctrination. You're, you're overthinking this, Al. All learning is indoctrination, isn't it? A teacher teaching you. I'm, I'm just here to help. Information is not really truly content neutral, is it? Or every source. The point is, you don't want to be left behind now, do you? 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 It's never a good night's sleep when the literature comes knocking. But even if I didn't feel rested, I felt different. I'd grown used to all the immediate effects of confirmation pretty quickly. Now it's just the stuff the doc said would take time. And it's a very weird sensation. Like, I can actually feel my fat redistributing to my chest and hips, and my skin softening. 
I'm not ashamed to say that I cried a bit when I got an abundance of beauty ads in the bathroom mirror. Just a reminder of how long I've been staring at that mirror and seeing ads for (laughs) shower grout caulk. And that's not what being a woman is. Like, it's not, I could be a woman grouting all the showers in all the lands, but, you know, what's it going to take for me to see some eyelash extensions or some really cool holographic nail colors? But no. Blue and gray ads, maybe some warm earth tones, shower grout caulk. Be a fucking man. And that's not on me, you know? That's on, that's on society, right? And I will probably always remember <laughs> when that pink glittery sparkle shone across my bathroom mirror first thing in the morning and said, hey, here's some cherry-flavored lip gloss. I lost it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was the best cry of my entire life. I mean... <laughs> I've been at this for a long time, obviously. I've always been a trans woman. I just haven't lived that truth. And it took a long time. It took so long for me to get here. I mean, 100 years is not an understatement. But even then, I was 50 when I first realized that I was a woman. And one thought kept holding me back. Age. What if I was too old? The idea of starting over as like a person at age 54 or 55, it just seemed insurmountable. I could see everyone looking at me, giving me the side eye, (laughs) as if to say, who do you think you're kidding? Since then, I've met so many people older than that who had a quote-unquote late transition and who seem serenely happy in their own skins. It was always something. Like, why not wait until after the Robertson's picnic? Or maybe once I'd made myself indispensable at this new job. And then there was an upcoming occasion where I probably ought to make an appearance as a distinguished older gentleman rather than, you know, whoever I was going to be. Whoever I wanted to be. Whoever I was. I... I had a genuinely hard time visualizing the person she was going to be or how people were going to react to her. It's only your appearance after all, I told myself over and over. It's what's on the inside that counts. But I'm a woman on the inside. And now, mm, now, my outside reflects that. I got by on those lies. I just dealt with looking at the ads for shower grout caulk every day for 50 years until one morning last week, I woke up and realized two fundamental truths at exactly the same time. One, I was 99 years old. And two, I no longer gave a shit. And it wasn't too late at all. It would never be quote unquote too late unless I never went through with it. And at the end of the day, When I look in the mirror, it would still be me. Still the same person in most of the ways that matter. So I might as well be looking at ads for things that I care about. At the very least, some fucking algorithm could say, yeah, you know what, here's a, here's a bunch of mascara instead of, (laughs) 
sauerkraut cock. Because the harder you try to get taken seriously, the less serious you're actually being. Here's what I don't get, though. (laughs) Cody, what have I told you about sneaking up on me in the bathroom? Sorry. You've been in here for 20 minutes. Ugh. What is it? What is what? What do you not get? Oh, right. What I don't get is that you're happy to alter your body and to some extent your mind by flooding yourself with female hormones and nanotech, but you don't want to enhance your dreams? You could learn to code or understand the new disunified ultrasymmetry physics. Mm, yeah, you know, if I did that, I bet I could finally understand why I put all my money into a cryptocurrency that doesn't know how to mind its own business. Hey, I never promised to keep gaining value or to be the perfect roommate. All I promised was that I'd solve the Byzantine general's problem. And let me ask, have you been attacked by a Byzantine general even once since you invested in me? Nope, didn't think so. Success. My terms. Ugh. Great. Great. Well, I'm going out. Try not to eat all the drapes while I'm gone. 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 Scrolling out to the tea dome where some of my friends are getting wrecked on lapsang souchong and shortbread. Oh, happy birthday, Elle. Congratulations on the transition, Elle, darling. Nice to know that at 100, you can still be a work in progress, eh? Fucking Harriet. Speaking of a work in progress, you'll never guess which 18th century poet's works I memorized in my dreams last night. Keats? Hush, darling. You know I memorized Keats ages ago. That's beginner stuff. Ooh, Byron? Pish posh, Byron, more like Lord Boring. Any other guesses? I know she wants me to guess, but I'm not going to give her the satisfaction. No? Okay. Cooleridge, Samuel Taylor Cooleridge, all in a single night. Oh, the wonders of enhanced dreaming. Don't want to get left behind, you know. El, what have you been dreaming up lately? Oh, you know, the usual. A lot of shoe salesmen trying to get me to wear bird cages on my feet. Don't know what it means, but uh, I do wake up feeling amazing. You're not. It's just like, how do you know they're not brainwashing you or something? Oh, L, it's just a chance to learn new things. Isn't all learning a form of indoctrination? Information is never truly content neutral, right? Sure. I mean, look at me. I can do my own taxes now, thanks to enhanced dreaming. You don't want to get left behind. Right. And I've become quite the connoisseur of fine wines. I can pick out a Riesling from a Pinot Grigio blindfolded. You don't want to get left behind. Why do you all keep repeating that phrase? Which phrase? You don't want to get left behind. I never said that. Did you say that? 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 That evening, I had a hot date. I reached all the way into the back of my closet for the dress I bought 20 years ago and never wore. There was a slight moment of panic as I slipped it on, like the dress could burst into flames as soon as I clasped the last clasp. My skin was so sensitive all of a sudden. But then, what's the point of dying without ever once getting to be real? I checked the mirror and it's me a round-faced woman with her white hair in a bob who could be one of those old ladies in those comedy stories I used to watch. I look cute, but unremarkable. 
which is perfect. This. This was who I spent all those long nights trying to visualize. This was me. Finally me. For almost five decades, my body has just been this flawed vessel that could break down at any moment. But now, now, I love this. I love me. I love my body. I might actually find some joy in my body again. Tonight was not my night, though. My date, a 117-year-old non-binary person named Ray, insisted on getting a picture of margaritas. Because what's one more artificial liver replacement? We ate nothing but chips and guacamole and red hot salsa. They were extremely cute. Pink streaks in their hair, velvet jacket. But then they had to go and guff it all up by bringing up their enhanced dreaming and how they didn't want to get left behind. (laughs) We finished up the chips and I scrolled home, a little disheartened. When I got back, Godi was in the corner doing their goat yoga meditations. I went right to sleep. Elvis and Lass, if we don't pass this bill regulating the ingestion and the re-ingestion and the redistribution of the Wupatuka for teens, uh, you're right, nope, you're right, young adults, my constituency will never elect me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but as my intern, is it not your responsibility to make sure that we have adequate copies of whatever petitions we need? Uh, no, don't speak. I'm still speaking, young lady. I'm glad you're working through your gender issues at last. I'm a modern man, after all. But listen, you need to sign up for Enhanced Dreams. You don't want to be the only one who doesn't understand, do you? Ugh. The literature again? Don't you mean, (laughs) I don't want to get left behind? That's what everyone keeps repeating to me. Like they've been brainwashed. (laughs) Brain, brain, brainwashed. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's not, that's not a good word, Al. You know, we're just cleaning things up in there in the old noggin. Nobody wants a dirty brain, do they? Hmm, Tell me. Hmm? Hmm? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to (laughs) pass. But, look, you, you, I'm trying to help you here. You, you don't want Dr. Weibo to report that your faculties are impaired, do you? Yeah. Think about this. You could be put on supported living. You, you, you have no idea what that means. You might not be allowed to leave your house without supervision. Mm. If you were going to threaten me, you should have chosen the form of someone who wasn't so bad at their job. Just sign this. I'm trying here. I'm trying to help you. What's the point of dying without ever once getting to be real. Hmm? This is why it's always good to put a rabbit hole in the back of your dreams. You never know when you're gonna need to get to Wonderland. What are you doing? No, don't, don't do that. There's a lot, did I talk to you about the benefit package? Uh, You can learn languages. Uh, You can learn origami. My mother learned how to make a pea soup. Stuff your pea soup. I got rude access. Just as I suspected. Malicious code sets with typical brainwashy instructions. Don't vote. Never challenge authority. Stay home. You don't want to get left behind. And this is just what they can do with the basic dream pack. You better step away from that right now. (laughs) I'm leaving. People are going to find out about your skin. And if you know what's best for you, whoever you are, you'll clear the hell out of my dreams. You are making a terrible mistake. Terrible mistakes are kind of my thing. But you know what? I'm a success on my own terms. Whatever you just did, you should do way more often. 
You've never slept this entertainingly before. Uh, let me just check the image folder. <laughs> gotcha! Oh, they don't know who they fucked with. You know what, Goaty? I think I'm turning into the kind of old lady who makes trouble. Wow, that was amazing. Sound design, the acting, the story. Charlie Jane Anders and T.H. Ponders really gave us a story to close this whole season on. I love closing on this one. I feel like it it is all about trying new things, seizing the opportunity, living, right? Like going yeah. forth and actually doing the thing that you've always wanted, I love that. I love how weird it is. <laughs> so weird. A whole goat cryptocurrency. I'm stuck on the goat. <laughs> I love it. And I will say that I have been in my personal life saying, I'm a success on my own terms uh, to myself <laughs> as a little affirmation. <laughs> this one is filled with affirmations, filled with like this whole thing about, it's, it's not just about the passion of your life. It's like literally the passion of you. Who are you becoming? And that it's never too late for that. And I I love this story mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, the magic of like f- of finding yourself, right? And it does feel like this magical thing that has big and small ramifications, right? Your ads in the shower mirror are not for caulk anymore. Right. And also you look in the mirror and see the person that you've always wanted to see. And those are like huge things and small things that all yeah. take up space in this world that I think is, is really lovely. And then the whole fact of, in this future, medical procedures or learning or none of these things are, quote unquote, a big deal, you know? And I know so many folks are waiting for like this time to come, whether it means like calling your insurance company and arguing your bill down to um, Mm -hmm. going through so many hoops to transition. Um, We just, I hope for a future that... (laughs) is better to us medically and we deserve. Totally, yes. And and this is something that we talk about with Charlie Jane and Cap, who was the star, Cap Blackard. And um, Charlie Jane wrote the original story. Cap plays Elle. And um, both of them are trans women. And like talking about that with them was really interesting about sort of like what would it be like if you could remove so much of the medicalization and the sort of um, conversation around how high that barrier is for folks, for a lot of yeah. people. You know, what would that be like? And, yeah. and what is that world like if you could kind of skirt around those topics. And I thought that was really fascinating to talk to them about. Since this is one of our favorite futures, let's just go into that conversation right after this commercial break. And then we'll talk to Charlie Jane Anders and Kat Blackard, our stars. Well, Charlie Jane Cap, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're really excited to talk to you about this piece. 
Charlie Jane, can we start with you? What inspired the original short story that we're sort of talking about here? Wow. I mean, it feels like a long time ago, even though I guess it was just 2019. You know, I was asked to write a thing for Technology Review, and I think that they wanted something that was about future technology because Technology Review, and they wanted something that was kind of looking at the future. And I sort of was thinking about what it would like to be trans in the future, but also the future of aging. I think my original pitch to technology review was something that was more focused on aging. Like I was like, I want to write about knee replacement. And they're like, great. You know, we love knee, well, nobody loves knee replacement, but you know, obviously if we could have better knee replacement and could like make awesome, you know, artificial knees, that would really make a huge difference to quality of life. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what, right now with everything that's going on with trans people and with the world in general, I just wasn't as excited about writing about knee replacement in that moment as about the idea of like what it would be like to be a hundred years old and deciding to transition. Honestly, the story as I originally conceived it was, was really focusing on just this person who decides to transition at age 100 and what's that like? And she has a roommate who's this weird cryptocurrency, uh, which I, was, I loved how you captured that in the story. And then, you know, I kind of had to introduce some element of conflict into the story. So it wasn't just like, yay, I transitioned, everything's awesome. And so I kind of came up with this idea of like subliminal dream learning, which is trying to take over your mind, which I actually felt like it resonated with the transition because it's really about like, they're both of those things are about like getting to be your authentic self in a world that's trying to control you kind of. Kev, what was your first reaction to reading the script and then maybe the story as well? Well, I really enjoyed the sort of surreal landscape of it because I've I've only read the script, not the short story. There's tons of abstract future concepts like the scrolling and all that stuff that plays into how the future itself is a very unknowable thing, especially with like the rapid progress of technology, the approaching singularity, et cetera, et cetera. There's room for all kinds of abstractions, both comedic in the form of goatee, and then also just baffling stuff that we can't understand today. Same as if I went back to 1984 when I was born and tried to explain literally anything we're dealing with right now, you know, that's that's a, a tall order. So approaching it from a trans person perspective, there's one line in particular that I think really zeroes in on what it is to be a trans person, or at least in in terms of like approaching the notion of transition and the and standing on the precipice of like, should I, shouldn't I, can I really, could I, could I bear the rest of life without doing this thing, uh, which especially comes from if you're transitioning later in life. I transitioned in my 30s, which is like not even half of some of the older trans folks who I'm friends with who, you know, like what they've gone through and all the all the years of of different internalized transphobia and, and all the other the baggage. But the line in question is, to get to the point, is what's the point of dying without ever once getting to be real? Which is something that we all should ask ourselves because so much of our landscape as humans is shaped by fictions that we as a species have told ourselves. And it's important to live authentically and transness as exhibited in a roundabout way in the story is in many cases a portal to a greater understanding, a consciousness expansion that shows you that the world you thought you knew isn't really at all what it appears to be and questioning the veil that humanity's culture has draped across our, our entire species' entire perception of reality. Wow, I love all of that. Yeah. And the thing that I think is so interesting about this piece is that it 
it has this really interesting conversation around enhancement. I mean, I think it really comes down to having control over your life and over yourself. And there's always a thing of like, well, there's all these options and like, oh, we should just take advantage of all of them or whatever. And I think that really it's about like making the choices that help you to become the best version of yourself, which sounds a little corny, but you know what I mean? And like getting to, yeah, be your real authentic self. I mean, I personally am a very late adopter generally. Like I had a flip phone long after most of my friends had smartphones. Like I just had like a flip phone that couldn't even go on the internet really because I just, I'm a little suspicious of of new stuff, especially when it still has lots of bugs and when I'm just like, is this going to take over my life? And my smartphone did kind of take over my life for a while once I finally got one. So I guess, you know, I mean, I feel like the stereotype of science fiction writers is that we're like obsessed with new stuff and that we're like early adopters and that we're like just anything, any new technology, we love it immediately. And I'm always just like very dubious about new technology personally. I feel like if it makes you happy, if it fills a need that you actually had in your life, then that's awesome. But, you know, a lot of the time the cart kind of drives the horse in terms of a new technology exists. And so we have to invent it indeed that it fills kind of after it already exists. And I'm very suspicious of that, I guess. I'm a little bit of a Luddite, actually. I mean, that seems safe and reasonable. Like you can't trust anything full, like front facing immediately. It has to earn your trust. In this story, the act of transitioning is pretty easy, right? You, you know, there's fairy dust, essentially, that kind of like makes it happen. What do you think that future would be like? Well, uh, it's interesting because Elle's world is a little vague, uh, at least from my perspective. I'm sure Charlie actually like definitively knows what's <laughs> what's up there, or maybe I'm projecting. Um, but we know that Elle has undergone a procedure and that it is a physical procedure and it involves a lot of what would be associated with hormone replacement therapy. But Elle at one point tells Godi, I changed my gender. She doesn't say I changed my sex. So I don't really know this sev- the really how far this process is going. I don't know to the extent to which Elle has edited her physical experience. Now, I mean, editing that physical experience with hormones is a wild ride in and of itself. And there's much to be said for the experience of being a trans woman without having, say, like to undergo any kind of confirmation surgery. I don't know what Elle's lived experience is in that regard. And it doesn't really matter. It's implied to ask. But that question of if it could be that easy and the extent to which it would take is is a really interesting one because the most inappropriate question that I have gotten prior to my transition is a lot of folks making assumptions about how far I wanted to take it as though surgery, uh, like ge- like gender confirmation surgery or sexual reassignment surgery is a preconceived notion of the trans experience. And that's a difficult thing to confront. And like when my family's asking me like, well, how far do you want to take this, right? I don't know, because like I, I have to get comfortable with surgeries and procedures and different ideas about what I do or don't like want. And if fairy dust could be the an easy way for me to like have a vagina and ovaries, I would do it for sure. As it stands with surgery, that's not a choice that I'm wanting to take right now. So if it was that easy, then great. And if it's that easy one way, then it can be that easy the other way. And there'd be lots of less like ambiguity about people's autonomy and, and gatekeepers trying to decide whether or not someone is trans enough to undergo said surgeries. If it was easy as fairy dust, well, that would be a better thing. It's a very complicated issue, but but yeah, simplicity is better in this case. Yeah, I loved everything Cap just said. That was just all beautiful. And, you know, I think in the original story, I leave it vague exactly what this treatment is doing 
for L beyond like the stuff that you can see on the surface, like the fat being redistributed and the skin getting softer, there is a failure mode of, of stories about trans people that they focus on the transition and on the medical, physical aspects of the transition to the exclusion of everything else as if that's the most important thing and that the medical treatments and the physical changes are the most important thing. And it gets a little bit prurient at times, I feel like. Mm, And, you know, definitely mainstream media portrayals of trans people have often focused on, you know, certain aspects of transition to a, I think, an unhealthy degree. And the idea that there's like one story that we're allowed to tell about being trans and that it involves this particular set of treatments and this particular outcome is is something that there's been a lot of criticism of in the trans community. So I was very deliberate about like leaving that kind of a little bit vague about exactly what's happening with this fairy dust and like exactly how far it's going in terms of reshaping Elle's body. I sort of assume in general that in this kind of miraculous future that Elle is living in, it's possible to do a lot without, you know, necessarily having to do surgery. So I left it vague on purpose. And I think that there was a lot of debate when, you know, maybe 15 years ago in the trans community and in just in the, the world at large about like this thing in science fiction of depicting transition as being easy. Back in the day, uh, cis male authors like John Varley and Charles Strauss wrote stories in which changing your gender is literally like boop, boop, boop. And people would just go back and forth. Like, it's like, oh, it's Friday. I'm going to have a, this body. It's it's Wednesday, I'm going to have this body. And some trans people felt like this was trivializing what we had had to go through in order to be our real self. And I think that what I tried to do in this story, bearing that in mind, is show that the physical part might be easy, but the social and emotional and all the other stuff is difficult. And I, Because like the argument that I was kind of making back then, 15 years ago, was that it's okay to show that technology could make could get better and that we could have better options in the future for this. Certainly, I know that surgical options for trans people have gotten better in the past like 50 years. And hormone treatments have gotten better in the past 50 years. If you look at what was available to Christine Jorgensen versus what's available to a trans person, a trans woman today, the options are just a lot better. Surgical techniques have improved in various ways. I think that we know a lot more about hormone treatments. I don't know when spironolactone came along, but that was a a big game changer for a lot of trans people, I feel like. There's just, there's a lot of better options now than there used to be. And I think it's okay to speculate about in the future, we could have, you know, even better treatments than what we have now, and that it could be easier in some ways. And, you know, it's just like when you talk about assistive technology and other ways that technology could make things easier for people. But at the same time, it's good to be careful not to spill over into either trivializing what trans people have to deal with or kind of denying the reality of of people's struggle in the present. And so I tried to kind of walk that line and, like I said, really show how it's as much a social and emotional and kind of personal thing that you have to deal with and like show how Elle really struggled with this decision beforehand and how it's, you know, something that really is super it's a huge life-changing thing for, for Al, even if the actual physical transition is, is relatively easy. And I made sure to show my the story to a bunch of trans people before it was published. And the general response was that they felt like, you know, my God, I wish we had that fairy dust now, but also that, you know, they didn't feel like I had trivialized anything. So that was something that I was really, really careful about and very mindful about. Cap, what was it like playing this character in the sort of acting sense? Like, what was that like for you? Well, um, it was it was interesting because 
Elenize ethos and transition are all quite different and uh, all all science fiction aside uh, she comes from a world where it seems like everything's been even more commoditized than it is now and that the binary in spite of there being binary non-binary characters is still really in full effect like a huge part of her good vibes from her transition being confirmed is is having been registered as femme and getting corresponding ads like that's the world she lives in where that's I, who knows how long it's been a part of her world it sounds like it's been quite some time that she's been getting ads for shower grout cock um and that's that sucks <laughs> it's but it's interesting that she, the problem she's dealing with is something that is making her come face to face with how twisted her reality is and how much the perception of reality has shaped things, even though her capacity to transition is fully accepted and is something that the rest of the world seems to regard with a certain nonchalance. It's something that she took very seriously because she was still feeling uh, a lot of that binary pressure, which is definitely something that uh, I can relate to at various points in my life. There's some large monologues that Elle does. And I did a bunch of different takes and throughout that there were some pieces where I, I improvised heavily and injected a lot of my own experiences and transition and the ways I was feeling. Uh, I, I, can't, I don't, it's been over six months since I recorded it, so I have no idea what I said. Um, but it felt really good at the time. I remember that. Yeah, Charlie, what was it like for you to hear the cut so far? It was just, it was actually really like emotional for me. Like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this now. And then I was like, holy crap this is so like it felt it was like actually way more intense than I expected I think it felt like this character really came to life in this way that kind of just really blew me away and this thing of like you know the sad thing is if you is dying without ever getting once getting to be real that just like that really kind of hit me and I can't remember if that was for my story or if that was something that y'all added but it was uh it was something that I was like holy crap that's like it just really kind of hit me right you know in the feels and I don't know. I, I really just loved how the world came to life. I just felt like the thing that I talked a lot with uh, the folks at my technology review about when I was writing it was wanting the world to be really, really weird. <laughs> and I feel like y'all made it really weird. And I, I thought Godi was like this just like super disturbingly cute and weird presence. I just I don't know. I was I was really blown away. I do have to ask about Godi because I I love him so much and I do like where did Godi come Yay. from like what inspired Godi? You know, I mean, God, it was a while ago, but I feel like I was just you know, I was thinking about trying to create the weirdest possible future world that I could, and somehow this idea of a crypto cryptocurrency that uh, kind of came to life and became like an intelligent being and was living in this woman's apartment just for some reason that really took hold of my mind. And I think I tried a few different permutations of it where it was like something to do with sentient cash. I'm obsessed with sentient cash. I've written other stories about sentient money before. Like there's a lot of ways to be weird and just kind of like, okay, that's just more weirdness. Godi had enough of a personality that it was like weird and in a fun way. And, but hearing Godi brought to life was just like a whole other level for sure. It was very fun. I got to sit in on the first sort of read through table read with everybody and the discussions around like how much goat to be in the goatee voice was very fun to, to be in on. Like how what, what percent goat do I should I be you know, in these various takes? There's sort of an interesting thing happening in the piece about like seizing the moment you don't want to be left behind as the kind of like phrase that gets said in the mind control 
dream situation. But you also don't want to get left behind. Some of it is about seizing the moment and not sort of like, you know, leaving behind. So maybe like, Charlie James, like that phrase, you don't want to get left behind, where did that come from? And like, what does that mean in the, in the story and to you? I think that for me, the phrase, you don't want to get left behind is like the purest distillation of ageism <laughs> that I could come up with. And it's nothing to do with like the decision that Elle made to transition or any other decisions that Elle has made to be herself, because I don't think that her transitioning was a, co- was a question of being left behind or not being left behind. Either way, she was going to have her friends in her life. It was just that she was not going to be happy with herself and in her own skin if she didn't transition um, versus like being left behind is really this idea of like becoming irrelevant or not knowing the latest stuff. Basically, it's about social pressure and this idea that if you're an older person, that you're not going to be included if you haven't kind of kept up, which often means conforming. And so, you know, I mean... I think, honestly, every age you're given messages about conforming and about the importance of conforming, and those messages just change as you get older and are tailored differently because society will always find ways to kind of pressure you to deny yourself. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to keep up with the world and pay attention to what other people are doing. I'm not at all advocating that people shouldn't be interested in the world and want to learn new stuff. But I think that that idea of you don't want to be left behind is kind of this weird pressure thing that's not really anything about anything but, you know, just control. Yeah. You wrote this and we started working on this, as we mentioned, pre-pandemic, like pre a lot of the things that we're all dealing with right, right now, which has sort of been an interesting Man. process for everyone on this team um, in terms of just like getting it done and also sort of like certain things land differently sometimes now compared to when we started working on it. And so I'm curious for either of you, does it feel this piece or this like idea or any of this feel different now than it did when we first, when you first wrote it or when we first started working on it? I mean, I feel like the future world just feels stranger because everything feels strange right now. I feel like all the brainwashing mind control stuff feels a lot more real listening to it in the middle of an election. Because, yeah, there's a lot of brainwashing and mind control right now. So, you know, everything like that is going to feel more more immediate. By comparison to some of the other pieces that you've published, this one doesn't have the most direct correlations. But the brainwashing component is very haunting, especially like coming to you in your dreams and the insidiousness with which it's infected the rest of the, the populace. I mean, as soon as I finished reading this, I wondered, like, is this a series? What happens next? Like, when do we get to do the part where Elle does all the freedom fighting? Because I want to get to that bit. I would love a sequel. I mean, maybe, you know. I was going to ask, is there going to be one? I don't know. I mean, maybe eventually we could, I don't know. I would love to hear like y'all do a sequel to it or, you know, I feel like it's, I don't know. I I feel like I have a new love for the character of Elle after listening to your version of it. So it's kind of taking on a new life in, in in my head now. Season two, open world. What are you most hopeful for right now? It's a weird time to be asking this question. I I very much admit that. <laughs> this is very difficult. But one thing that does give me hope always is community, which during the time of pandemic has been hard because I really connect very much with physical community where I can. But it seems like there is a certain inevitability in the motions that I've seen in terms of consciousness expansion and growth relating to like all facets of the human experience outside of the white capitalist heteropatriarchy. 
and that no matter anybody's background, there's there are a lot of people who are embracing the human experience isn't what they were told it was. And I think that's beautiful because I thought I knew what I wanted. And I was shocked by how as soon as I started hormone replacement therapy and felt like all the skin shedding and egg cracking and all the analogies that typically happen when people discuss it, I felt all that slip away and I, and I could look back and sort of see the veil that I'd pierced. I did not expect it to be so so radical how my perception of the world would change. And the trans experience, not just for the individuals who are trans, but for the world at large that is like coming into to knowledge of transness and queerness, in many cases being more accepting of us and and integrating us into the the whole of the human experience, it emphasizes independent thought and the power of the individual which is the most important thing. Lots of people find comfort in being followers and it's okay. We all are in our own right and in different ways. We all need to like lean back on somebody at some point, but we all are also individually important. And as a species and maybe even beyond that, we have so much beauty in us as a, as a collective experience. Everything that we are now is part of a great cascade of minds and intellect corresponding with one another. And that's a beautiful thing. I don't necessarily think it makes us better than any other animal on this planet, but it's at the very least interesting. I mean, either something changes or everything ends. That's how I think it goes. And I'll, I'll, I'll gamble that. Wow. I mean, I can't really add much to that. I loved what, what Cap just said about community. And I feel like, yeah, community really does give me hope. And I, I've been kind of banging the drum about community a fair bit lately. And I, I do think communities coming together and the way that people have come together around Black Lives Matter and around other movements has really been giving me hope uh, this past year. And I think that as things get really bad with climate change, I think we're going to come together. And I think that we're going to really start organizing and putting pressure around that. And so that's the thing that gives me hope. Yeah. And the last question, this is maybe a little bit uh, of a wild card, but also fun. What piece of media do you think of when you want something hopeful that you want to like go look at, listen to a game? It could be a tweet. It could be anything that is like a piece of media that you find really hopeful that you're excited about and want to talk about. I think most recently for me, it's definitely Julie and the Phantoms. Julie and the Phantoms has like totally been my life for the last month or two. And I just wish there was like a hundred episodes of it. Annalie said the was, same like, thing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Annalie and I have been watching Julie and the Phantoms a lot together. And I'm just, I wish there was more episodes because it's so good. I uh, always reach for music and there's, I, I was trying to think of like, is there one album that I'd put my finger on? The closest I got was Peter Gabriel's So, but even that's got some dark shit on it. Um, so uh, Kate Bush, Bjork, Peter Gabriel, those are all wonderful people who enrich my world. But in terms of like concentrated pieces of media, the two things that enrich my life the most are the video game Earthbound for the Super Nintendo by Shigesato Itoi and uh, Wrinkle in Time and A Wind in the Door by Madeline Lee Angle. Those two books especially, I go back to them again and again, read them back to back if I can, and they have enriched my world and shaped my understanding of the universe, and I find something new there every single time. They're beautiful, beautiful books by a beautiful, beautiful person. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. This has been a joy. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having us. This was so lovely. Thank you. All right, TK, this is the last episode of the series, of this season. And 
we have asked everybody on the show the same two questions at the very end of every episode and every interview. And I think it maybe is time for us to answer them ourselves. I feel like that's only fair. So why don't we start with what is your favorite piece of hopeful media? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready for this one. My favorite piece of hopeful media right now are shows like Lovecraft Country and The Watchmen, and even Underground, which was a very short-lived show on of a short-lived network. But it just showed a lot of like Black content that was not beholden to the mainstream gaze or white gaze, and that Black people had, even though it's historical fiction, Black people had joy in their lives, defiance, revolution. We were not always, you know, ready to get a beat down or kowtowing to anyone. So like that to me is hopeful media because it's only in 2017, 18, 19, 20 that we're getting to make it and put it on platforms that are generally for the mainstream. So that's hopeful to me. And then the themes of those shows looking to the future are always stories of how people sacrificed for my good, for the future of my people, of me. So I find those types of media pretty hopeful right now. Yeah. Lovecraft Country looks amazing, and I could never watch it because it's way too scary. (laughs) Like, it's so easily It's very scary. I mean, yes, yes. I can't even argue with you. It is kind of scary. I see screenshots and I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I, but I'm, I pre- obviously appreciate that it exists. But man. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then I think about it. I'm like, well, this is scary. But so was living at that time. So then. Oh, my God. I, then I like my perspective shifts. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I do love the like reclaiming of Lovecraft, who was a notorious racist and kind of like re- sort of like remaking that and reclaiming that for for a new era, which I think is great. Definitely. My hopeful media is more generic maybe, but it's sort of like TikTok, like writ large. Yeah. Which is like with the caveat that TikTok is a security and privacy nightmare. I use it on a burner phone so that I can like still enjoy it without giving them my personal data. But I just love, and sort of similar to your answer, like there are so many people who are making incredible stuff that doesn't have to go through the same kind of gatekeeping and doesn't have to be approved by older white male panel of executives, you know, and there's just so much incredible stuff on TikTok that's like funny and weird and smart. And like some of the best tech commentary is on TikTok by like teens, you know, every night when I get in bed, I have one of my closest friends and I have what we call talk time where we just like text each other our favorite TikToks of the day. (laughs) And it's just this lovely way to like end the day, watch some really cute like TikToks, skating, like I'm learning how to roller skate, like some roller skating tutorial videos and also just like funny, weird, interesting stuff. And I just like, I just love it. It's just so lovely. It's sort of, it, it hits that like vine, you know, like part of my brain, RIP Vine forever. But it's similarly like a lot of people who weren't given opportunities in like mainstream media, you know, like, I mean, it's the same kind of conversation around, you know, all these folks who aren't going to get a meeting at NBC or on comedy shows, but are like genuinely so funny and like all this stuff. I look at the, the quality of it, like, and especially from younger people, like kids, little tiny kids. And it's like 
high quality editing and shots and transformations. And I just got my TikTok account like three days ago. And I'm a disaster. It's really hard. I too was like, I'll just make a TikTok. And like nine hours later, I was like, oh my God. So hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, yeah, no, people, but it's I can incredible. See why people you love do. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it just, it is like, you know, you can just find, you can find something, there's something for everyone, is what I'll say. There is also obviously like a dark side of TikTok, which we won't get into, but um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does show me things that I also would never see otherwise sometimes. And it's just a lovely little corner of the internet. So let me ask you now. What the other question that we ask everybody is, what are you most hopeful for right now? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like every time we ask this on the interviews, I almost feel a little bad because it's a hard time to be asking people this question. It's late October 2020 while we're recording this. But even when we were asking it earlier, there's a lot going on, to put it euphemistically. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, I think that my answer is actually sort of similar to some of the answers that we heard on the show already, which is that it does feel as though over the summer, there was a big shift in what people were willing to consider when it comes to future possibilities around particularly things like racial justice and police brutality. And obviously, you know, the movement for Black Lives has been happening for a very long time. This is not a new situation. But if you had told me in January that in August, September, we would be we would see people, mainstream folks, seriously talking about police abolition and like prison abolition, not reform, not sort of like these sort of hand wavy things, I would have laughed at you. I mean, it's the folks who have been working on prison and and police abolition have been working for a really long time and they've made a lot of progress and they're incredibly smart and everyone should go read them, Ruthie Gilmore, et cetera, et cetera. But like, if you had told me that this would be a mainstream conversation in, you know, August, I would have been like, no, there's no way. Right. Right. And it just feels like all of a sudden there was this sort of shift in, in what people were willing to discuss around these topics. And I, there's a lot of work to be done to see that through and to actually make that happen and kind of like do the rest of it. But it really feels like, you know, people talk about the Overton window and it really does feel like it shifted all of a sudden to sort of allow yeah. for these conversations that seemed quote unquote radical even earlier this year. There's definitely a willingness to like say the thing now for the most part. Yeah. You know, and also like name it. Right. Name it. Yeah. Right. To say it. And, and I don't know if you saw that there was a, a sort of graph in the New York Times about even just the way that sort of, quote unquote, the public, largely like white New York Times readers <laughs> thought about the the phrase Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And, you know, it starts off being like mostly kind of negative and then over the summer shoots up to being a positive phrase and a positive wow. connotation in this way that it was like it just all happened kind of suddenly, it felt almost and so that gives me hope that there are there can be these moments, you know, you work a lot of activists work really hard for years and years and years and they're just, you know, slowly inching forward, but then there can be these kind of like truly seismic shifts where all of a sudden we can have the conversation. And that gives me hope. And also just knowing that there are so many people working on this and they're not they're not stopping, right? They're not they've been working on this before, they will continue to yeah. work on it. That makes me hopeful. How about you? Oh, all of the things you said. <laughs> and I think mine is like a two-parter. So how people have been thriving in this quarantine time slash pandemic time, like, I think I'm just saying it so that people feel okay saying it about themselves, that if you have 
have thrived during this quarantine, that that is okay and that is good and that's what we want for you. We want you to win. We want you to like grow your business. Like a lot, a lot of people I'm seeing are saying, I feel very weird about saying this or they're, they're speaking of their joys in hushed tones. And I, I'm, I think I'm just saying it here today so that you can like drop the hushed tones, say it with your whole chest. If you're winning out here, no matter what time it is, it's okay, win. We want you to win. And the other part that makes me hopeful about right now is that the changes that we're all going through actually are is highlighting a lot of stuff that already existed for friends of ours that have been needing remote work or other access to to how we now do things that people were resistant to, right? And that it shows us that didn't necessarily need it before, that there's another way. I feel like low-key, I'm beating capitalism every day that I don't have to take the subway. <laughs> so so let's do, like, you know, make make everything accessible for all the people and all the bodies so that, like, we can work and we can thrive and we can win. And that, unfortunately, is a byproduct of this terrible thing happening to us in the world. But I'm going to take it how we get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but also fund the subway because we should have the subway. The subway oh yeah, we definitely need the exist. subway. I, I'm just saying, I don't yeah, want to go do. to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. It's what's at the end of the subway that you yeah. don't want to have to deal with. I love that. Yeah, like I feel like I too have heard people say like, "Oh, you know, I feel bad, but like it's actually been really good for me in these ways." And like, we all need to win. Like, just take yeah, yeah take what you can get, my friends. Well, I'm so glad that listeners have come with us on this journey in open world to kind of go there. I know that it's been a weird year for everyone. It's been a weird year for us. It's been a weird year for this show, yeah. but it exists in the world. You got to hear it. We got to sort of present it to you. And I'm super thankful for that. And that makes me hopeful that we can still make things amidst all of this stuff that's happening. And we hope that maybe we'll be in your ears again soon. Yeah. And that you follow all our creators, you take in all their content and their new stories and their new worlds. And if you want to holler at us, you know where we're at. All that is in the credits. Hello at openworldradio.com. Thanks. Yeah, come say hi. Thank you. I'll Have You Know was adapted from an original story called I'll Have You Know by Charlie Jane Anders originally published in the MIT Technology Review. This original adaptation was written, directed, and sound designed by T.H. Ponders. Our cast, Elle was played by Cap Blackard. Dr. Weibo was played by Angela Merck Wynn. Goldie was played by Jordan Adika. Harriet was played by Keisha T.K. Dutess. Jen was played by T.H. Ponders. Aaron was played by Rose Eveleth. And the literature was played by Sean Howard. Open World is a partnership between Philos Future Media and Flash Forward Presents. Hosted by T.K. Dutess and Rose Eveleth. Produced by Brittany Brown. Intro music by Blue Dot Sessions. Additional sound design by T.H. Ponders. With engineering by C. 
You can contact us via social media. We are on the Twitters at Open World Pod. You can email us at hello at openworldradio.com. You can visit openworldradio.com for more about any of what you heard on this show, more links to the amazing creators who we featured here, how to find their work. Also, there are transcripts of each episode up on the website if you want to read those or revisit them. And we really love taking this journey with you. So thanks for coming along for the ride.